0: Can you imagine uh, doing a whole conversation with a click track in the background? Just trying to talk, (laughs) trying to
1: talk in time.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can keep it up. You're slowing
2: down. Welcome back to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David, and on this episode, we got a special one. Aaron is sitting down with Brandon Saller of the band Atreyu. Atreyu has been around since 1998, medical medical a metalcore band from yorba linda california i think my personal favorite fact about atreyu is that the name of the band comes from the never-ending story so every time i hear it i just think about being a kid and being sad because well the horse dies anyway moving on what we're going to chat about or what aaron and uh, brandon get to chat about in this episode is not only the brand new album from atreyu which is out now Go check it out wherever you listen to music and stuff. You know, pause the podcast, go listen to the album, come back. They're going to talk about the record. They're also going to talk about Brandon's five favorite Atreyu songs. It's going to be pretty great. Going to get into that. Before we do, let's uh, get the housekeeping out of the way. Go follow us at Growing Punk Pod. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Tell your friends about the show, subscribe for the show, rate the show, review the show, all that kind of stuff. Share it. Let us grow the show together. Anyway, let's not waste any more time. It's Aaron and Brandon vocalist from Atreyu on Grown Up Punk.
0: to start uh this series there was I thought it'd be fun to to do two things so one would be for myself to to try and find like a fun fact or something about the band that I'm talking to that that I didn't know, and uh, then also if I have a, a live memory seeing the band, that I would share that. So let's start with uh, with a fun fact. So it's from uh, the album Led Sales. So the, before the release of this album, you guys kind of did like a jigsaw puzzle game for fans, you know, where they could kind of like get pieces of songs to piece it together. And I just thought that was a really cool idea. I don't know if I remember hearing about that at the time and just thought kind of whose idea was that and kind of how did that all play out?
1: Um, that actually came from our, our label. Um we they came with a couple of cool ideas that were like surprisingly unused at the time um, oh, one cool. of them being that kind of jigsaw thing is people like people really dug into it they Had like a lot of people trying and then it ended up being like the fastest one obviously if you do it enough times you can start to like remember the order but i think the fastest time was like like 11 seconds or something oh wow it's crazy uh but that came from them and then um they also did we did a video game where it was like an 8-bit video game each member had their own level we were like buff video game characters in each one and it was like spinoffs of like like donkey kong and like like classic games but yeah they they came with the heaters for the for the promo ideas for that album
0: okay yeah no that's awesome yeah it's a cool way to just you know do something different and and uh yeah just a, a cool way to engage fans and make them excited for it
1: for sure,
0: and uh yeah, so the the first time i actually the only time I've seen you guys live, so I'm based in in Regina, Saskatchewan, yeah, and uh, so I saw you, sorry,
1: I think we played there once you, well, maybe you guys, I guys or I had a day off there once okay <laughs> well i I didn't
0: see you here i I actually saw you in Saskatoon, uh, It was that taste of chaos, I think it maybe two thousand four, and uh so a fun memory from that show, I'd actually gotten on the guest list uh through Tim from aszaley, dying. And uh, so I got to watch all the bands from the side of the stage, which was really cool. And uh, so I was there with a friend, and Tim took me and my buddy to the dressing room where you guys and Thursday were hanging out. And uh, I just remember feeling so nervous, and I was probably super awkward and felt really out of place. But <laughs> such a cool memory, like being able to get into a big show like that. I mean, that was, that was a pretty stacked tour for sure, and especially, you know, coming through these parts. So that's a memory that will forever stick with me.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that... I think that definitely, you know, that, I mean, those that, that was a freaking stack, 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 stack tour. But I feel like all of those Taste of Chaos tours and those that kind of stuff were always so massive back in the day. Like, yeah. those big arena tours and festival tours were just untouchable.
0: Yeah, plus you had the the three kick drums set up, which was amazing. I'm a drummer, too, so I always awesome. got got a kick out of seeing, like, kind of how big bands could take it and People just being who, up on that riser.
1: People either thought it was dumb or really cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's, I guess, going to happen with any kind of extreme idea. But, um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking through five songs that you picked. So five kind of favorite songs of yours. And I I love this format because it kind of gives, you know, the listeners an opportunity to maybe hear some more backstory or hear from... You know the band why they think it's a good song instead of you know why the listener thinks it's a good song because very often those are two, very two different opinions and so um, it's cool to to be able to get your thoughts on these. Yeah, right yeah. on. So um, yeah, getting to uh, to the songs. So uh, you eclipsed by me was from the album The Curse, which was released on June 29th, 2004, on Victory. <laughs> Since its release, the curse has gone on to sell more than five hundred thousand copies. It was certified gold uh, in September of twenty twenty. The album was produced by Gaga Garth. So I was super excited for this album, and there was a lot of buzz surrounding its release. Um, how much pressure were you guys feeling at this time, as the band was gaining, you know, so much momentum? And and how did this album cycle kind of a, if, affect the impact of the band?
1: I feel like as far as pressure, um, I don't know that it affected us. As much as one would expect. I think that we all obviously felt the weight of our growth on our first album, um, but I don't, I feel like we all just, it was like internal pressure rather than like, we have to write a, re- a better album or whatever. We kind of always do that to ourselves anyways. Yeah. Um, but we definitely went into it much more prepared. We we wrote and demoed the entire album, even to the point of like we had our album sequence in order like before we even went to the studio to, oh, wow. to garth um so it's kind of one of those things where um we were just very much more prepared on our sophomore album than we were you know just like making sure we had everything the way we wanted it uh, but as far as like that touring cycle and that record cycle i mean that that really blasted our band into a whole other level i mean that was the year and the rec- the album cycle that we got opportunities to do so many different tours. Like we had always done, you know, hardcore metal tours up until right. then. And that, that album cycle really took us to, to work toward, we did tours with the use and take them back Sunday. We did, you know, much more stuff like that. It also kind of slowly introduced a little bit of a little bit of radio and like, even like those kind of opportunities came our way and just like more, more mass exposure um, yeah. around the world. So I mean, that, that was really, I feel like the, uh, like our first album was putting the tea in the in the grass and then the curse was like freaking hitting that ball down the fairway. That's what really like got the whole thing going. I don't even golf, so I don't know why I made a golf analogy. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah,
0: right on. Yeah, so off this album, why does the song You Eclipsed By Me stand out to you? What can you tell me about the song and how it came together?
1: Uh the song started with a riff and the riff to me is still one of one of my favorite riffs I've written. Yeah. Um, so catchy. That freaking and I wanted a riff, that riff was inspired, and I've actually had the conversation with um, uh, the dude from the band, but that riff was inspired by this band, God Forbid. Oh, yeah. Um, and they just had those those metal riffs, it was so heavy and like catchy, and I wanted to write that, so I'd come up with just the the main kind of riff. And it was funny, because years later, not years later, but during that cycle, we did OzFest with them, and, and I, I remember Doc came up to me and was like, man... That riff, man. <laughs> ba, na, 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 na. But he was like, that riff, man, is fucking sick. And I was like, years later, I like literally like three or four months ago, not even I told him, I was like, that's a god forbid riff, bro. That <laughs> was for me listening to your band. He's like, dude, I fucking that's crazy. Like, he's like, I remember giant being bubbles. into it. My bad. I need giant bubbles. Oh, sweet. Sorry. That's <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> We're doing giant bubbles. Okay, I'll be right out. Okay. Okay, thank you. For- <laughs> like, okay, you go to work. But yeah, that's that's what started with a riff to me, and it just kind of became like one of those songs that was never a single or anything, but it was just kind of a, a, a fan favorite. And yeah, always used to go off live. The breakdown is like massive, um uh, but that was just—it's still just a standout track to me. Anytime we get to play that one live, because I feel like when you're this deep in in your career, like like we are, I mean, your live show is is essentially comprised of the hits, so to speak, right? Um, and you know, it's hard to deviate too far into deep cuts because people might say they want them on the internet, but then when the show comes, it's like crickets when you don't play the shit that are like yeah, yeah. or you know, known to the mass population. But when we can sneak something like that, like that song in, everyone in our band is happy. Which we still do. We still do when we can.
0: Yeah, well, that's rad. Yeah, I love what you guys do with, I don't know if if it's a different time signature with this song, but especially kind of the verses, like the drums are kind of doing something a little bit off, but it's a, it's a really bouncy and head banger of a song that has lots of dynamics in it that kind of changes things up.
1: For sure, yeah, that's like a weird, the verses are definitely a weird time signature. I don't even know, it's funny because this is like drummer talking, but or this is like I'm writing guitar versus a drummer, which like I'm not even focusing on what the t- the, the time signature is uh like just wrote that because the pattern was weird and i wanted to almost do like this kind of like off tempo like almost dancey yeah. thing but with like a double pedal beat so it's still heavy um just to kind of like break up the monotony of just like the pounding you know straightforward heavy kind of riff and beat the whole time but yeah it has, it came out cool
0: yeah, that, it adds a lot to the song. And like you said, that breakdown towards the end, that's always been a favorite of mine. Like, that one is just so awesome. I love when that comes in.
1: We focus so hard at the time to the sound that happens. There's like this big thing that happens in the breakdown. And I was like, I want it to sound like a friggin' Mack truck is driving through your chest. <laughs> yeah. And at the time, with what we could achieve at the time, that's pretty much what happened. Nowadays, we could have probably made that was sound way more gnarly, but it definitely worked for the time being.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, the next one is The Theft from the album Death Grip on Yesterday, which was released March 28, 2006, again through Victory. So this one, uh, li- this one leaked um, uh, about a month early, and uh, yeah, it sold up, it sold sixty nine thousand copies, and uh, it's gone to someone more than three hundred forty thousand copies. Uh, this was produced by Josh Abraham. Um, the album was released with the Victory DVD as well, and uh, I wanted to mention that because I remember getting that DVD. And it just got me so stoked for the album. I loved kind of seeing and hearing what was going into the album and the recording of it, and I thought that was a really cool way to kind of amp up the album. Yeah. So this is a, a, another, a favorite of mine off the album, and it definitely has a, a unique, and it's a standout song. Um, I love the dynamics of this song. You know, there's highs and lows. It's really creative, and it makes this, this song very memorable. So how, how did this song come together? Do you kind of remember working on this and what you were thinking yeah. about?
1: Absolutely. Um, Vividly. Um, This song, one day um, at the time, uh, me and my now wife were living in an apartment in Orange County and she was going to cosmetology school and she went to cosmetology school. And I I was like, I came home, dropped her off and was like, today I'm gonna write. I want to write a song that's like very cinematic. And I think the week before maybe we had watched Edward Scissorhands and I was like, I want, I want that Danny Elfman like dark cinematic song vibe in an atreyu song um so i sat and i I listened to some of the soundtrack and watched pieces of the movie and kind of like separated myself for a little bit and the first thing i came up with was um just the the kind of lead yeah i kind of kept humming it in my head and then from there kind of like toyed around with some picking parts to make it pretty and And the whole vibe was that. And I was like, okay, well, I think I'll take this whole... At the time, I didn't write any of the lyrics um, in the band yet. Um, And so I had kind of had an idea to write what became the bridge of the song. And uh, I was like, you know, I kind of had all these parts in my head. So I wrote the bridge and then lyrically wrote the bridge about Edward Scissorhands. Um, And then Alex kind of took it and I had told him that, but he kind of like just he had started already writing lyrics about kind of just like like um you know the world kind of putting out your flame and and just kind of like the what the you know th- different things like that but it matched up with my theme already and i'm like oh edward hands and he's like not at all and i'm like no no but it is like <laughs> you said things that make so much sense and like there's a reference in the bridge of like you know i'll pace around like a lamb lamb for the slaughter like uh things like that were even the way edward scissorhand walks yeah yeah. all all nervous and um just like there's lyrics in that bridge that if you think about it are like directly linked to edward scissorhands so that was the whole inspiration from that and my my want and kind of desire was just to write something that was like over-the-top cinematic because we hadn't done that before. Different instrumentation and just different um, feeling that kind of that like cinematic music gives you, you know, like movie music. Gives yeah.
0: You. Another thing I thought was cool about this song is I believe it's number four on the track listing, which, uh, you know, it's close enough to the middle, but, I, you know, usually a song like this is maybe a bit closer towards the end, like maybe closing out an album or something. So what was there any specific thought in putting it that close to the top of the album?
1: If you kind of notice, I mean, there's a lot of time we've we've ended a good amount of our records with a ballad. Um, this one was kind of us wanting to. It was so different that we wanted the, the the front half of the of the record was kind of front loaded with just like really energetic and pummeling songs. We wanted to just take it down, like kind of that we've always wanted our records to be a, a roller coaster, you know, and have those yeah. peaks and valleys, and not just like kind of really change with with the mood, you know what I mean, and. Um, that was kind of a moment to bring everything down for a second and then just like smash back in with the next song um so we've kind of always tried to do that in our albums whether they're kind of the full ballad so to speak or not there's always like those down moments that are like midway through because a band of our style like you kind of need that break yeah definitely four or five songs in
0: yeah no that's sweet and so kind of back to the top with the album leaking how did that affect the band at this time? Cause that was a pretty big deal back then. Like did that hinder or aid the overall success of the album?
1: Um, I don't think it really hindered it. Um, luckily, I mean, we thought record sold 69,000 first week, yeah. which is still, still to this day, our biggest first week we've ever had. Um, so like, I don't think it, <laughs> I don't think it did much, but, uh, I mean, yeah, we were all obviously bummed at the time, but then in retrospect, like people just, I feel like when something leaks it, like it, it Today, it spreads faster than it did 15 years ago. Right. I mean, so, but it it definitely people knew, but I think luckily people just liked what they heard on the album. So it didn't like hurt us that bad. But even if an album's total shit and and everyone's just dogging on it, that almost helps you more because people are like, man, everyone says this record sucks. I got to check it out when it comes up.
0: Yeah, either that or it's yeah. like, well, you know, let's let's go see what the band is like live or something, right? And then they're paying a ticket or buying merch or whatever. So, exactly, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think it it all kind of aids, even though it sucks to have your music out that much before the date.
1: You want everything to go smoothly with the su- the surprise of it all, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right on. Well moving on to uh, number three: uh, Lead Sales from the album Lead Sales Paper, Paper Anchor. <laughs>
3: times to say
0: It's the band's first release with Hollywood Records, and the album has a significantly different sound to it than uh, your previous albums. Uh, this album was released on August 28, 2007. and was produced by John Feldman. So how had the previous few years and touring cycle impacted the band, and kind of how did that shape what you were hoping to accomplish on this album?
1: Um, I mean, you hear, you hear where we're going. You hear the progression from Suicide Notes to The Curse. You hear even more progression from The Curse to Death Grip and i think that we got signed to hollywood records like right when death grip came out like we it was funny like the people from hollywood records came into the studio and heard death grip before victory even heard it oh wow because they were just like they were really 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 in love with the band and were like fuck why can't this be our album you know (laughs) but for us it was like there was just the the evident next step we were wanting to make music that just hit a broad more broad scale and just wanting to make music that was more like what we listened to we listened to a lot of metal and hardcore but we listened to a lot more rock and pop and and hip-hop and just other things and it was just kind of what came out of us you know what i mean it was not like a there was no contrary to popular belief like there was no like we're on a major label man it's time to fucking cash that check yeah it was like that was just the album we wanted to make and they were really cool about like you know, like if you give us songs to put on the radio, we're gonna put it on the like we'll go we'll go for it. But like, do you do you? And that's always been a big part of our of our, any record we've ever been on is like, you stay the fuck out, and we give you the music, and you put it out. You know what I mean? And uh, so it was just kind of the, the the natural progression of what we wanted to do. And and Feldi, he, he's just a master at letting you getting you to kind of take your guard down. Yeah, and not, and not worry about anything else other than like, is this a great song? And it's like those times where we like we're like ooh like should we take a sh- chance here like this is different. He's like encouraging to that point. So that's where you have songs like Falling Down, and you have songs like Lead Sales, where again was to me I want to do something very cinematic and almost take like some kind of pseudo country sounds and yeah kind of te- textures and bring them into the mix and and uh, that's that's what Lead Sales came from. To this day, one of my favorite Trey songs.
0: Yeah, it definitely has a, a different and, and cool sound to it. And I, and I do love, uh, you know, kind of hearing about what went into it because it is a very different different kind of song for you guys. Yeah. And uh, so when you were putting this song together, like, was it, were you excited, were you nervous? Just, you know, kind of, I, I know it's, it's is it the last track on the album or it's definitely towards the end of it? Last um, track, yeah. So maybe it's a bit easier to kind of, you know, get away with the song. Like you said, you often had, uh, you know, a slower, more belly type song at the end.
1: I I was just excited the whole time for me that song was like a building process that like we put down the basis of everything and then you know the guitar sounded beautiful and everything sounded great and then we started with the other instrumentation with like the pedal steel and there's some strings and there's all these just beautiful elements that lifted that song to such a a cool place and I feel like in the studio I'm the dude that's never I kind of let my emotions drive um, and I don't like i don't even let the the kind of worry and what if passenger even drive in the car
0: yeah that's good
1: it's they're in the trunk like i just get excited about what we're creating and and kind of live in that um and i think that that's why all of our albums have always come off to in our eyes very honest because we all just stay in that moment when we're making the music and that song for me was just something that was such a beautiful build um up until it was done even even like mixing the song and getting all of those elements there's a lot going on yeah so, um, Andy Wallace had his hands full with just kind of making everything make sense and still be heard but in the right ways and feel feel right and um, that's we actually just got to play that song for literally the first time ever oh wow our live, our live stream event a few cool. months ago and it was just a moment for all of us like even at rehearsal it was just like we just kept wanting to play that over and over again because mm. it just feels feels so awesome
0: Yeah. Any kind of standout memories from this album coming out and tour cycle? Like any kind of shifts that happened, you know, because of the change of sound or anything like that?
1: All of them. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this was our real uh, Death Grip, had a little bit of intro to radio with X's and O's, uh, but this was like Becoming the Bull and Falling Down were both, uh, you know, top five singles at alternative and active rock radio at the same time like simul- like you know back to back and yeah that's you know, awesome. this we did so many massive tours on the cycle we did you know taste of chaos again with uh, with avenged and bullet and all these great bands yeah and then we did like a lincoln park tour we did you know all these cool radio festivals and all this shit and it was you know we did mexico in stadiums with iron maiden crazy and just like all this like landmark stuff and that was kind of the next jump you know what I mean? Where it was like, the curse sent us on our merry way. And then like this one, you could just tell, like you could, it felt bigger. Our shows were bigger. Like the, our exposure was bigger. It just seemed like we kind of leveled up as a band. Um, and to this, I mean, at the time, I always say that like, when people talk tons of shit on our music, it's usually the records that sell the most. Um, so like, it's been true the whole time and we've kind of followed our gut and just did what we want. It's always the, pays off for us and that was kind of validation of like oh wow like this was the right move and to this day even like going on hiatus and stepping away from the band for a long time you know some years back coming back and being like what are our fans paying attention to since we've been off for four years and it's lead sales Hmm. lead sales is is king every time you know
0: yeah, no, that's awesome. Kind of going back to the label thing, I'd be curious to hear a bit more, kind of how how that came about. Like, were you guys looking to to move to a different label? Like, like you said, you still, I'm guessing you had a three album deal with Victory, and so this was your third one. Or kind of how did that play out? How did you connect with Hollywood Records?
1: Um, yeah, we have three albums with Victory. We're one of the few, very, very few bands to just fulfill our contract. Yeah. Um, uh, and not get out of that label via lawsuit, um, but. Uh, which we should have but (laughs) but we didn't um but uh it was just the natural next step you know and uh being on an independent label it kind of done everything that it could for us and we wanted like i said we wanted to get into that next level and take the band to bigger bigger places and broader horizons and uh major labels seemed like the right thing to do hollywood was um, really appealing to us because one, they only had one other band that was even close to us and it was Breaking Benjamin. Okay. Had done phenomenal with them in, in every record they had done so far, but we were really kind of like the only fish in the pond. You know what I mean? As far as like, obviously Hollywood is owned by Disney. So there's massive artists, but as far as rock goes, the rock, the rock roster wasn't gigantic. So they put, did put a, a lot of focus on us. And honestly, they were just the most passionate about our band. And like I said, like they were coming into the studio to listen to the album before the one that they even got, you know what I mean? They were all over our band. So we definitely felt the love there. Um, And that's, that's important. I feel like what's most important in this industry and period is working with people that genuinely care about you and have a vested interest and love what you do because they're they're always going to try and take it further than just some random whose job it is to work for you.
0: Right. And so how does that kind of come about, you know, with a label that's owned like owned by Disney, you know, I wouldn't imagine their A and R's are like really into metal or looking for that kind of stuff. Or is it, you know, how does that all kind of play out?
1: I think it was just really just like I said, our A and R and our marketing guy and um just being fans of the band. They were coming to see our shows before before we were even off Victory and, and like coming to see us and it was like, Oh, there's dudes from Hollywood Records here tonight. We're like, why? you know, they were just genuine fans mm. and, yeah, that's cool. and kind of, and just kind of like saw it through, you know, they just kept, kept trying for, for the band until, until we signed really.
0: Yeah. And was this the only album that you released on Hollywood or did you have a, a few on there?
1: We did two. We did that one. And then, um, Congregation of the Damned, which came uh, next.
0: Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah. And, and so your relationship with them was good for those two albums and.
1: Yeah, they were mm. great. I mean, uh, you know, there's always going to be some things with major labels cause there's big people involved in, higher ups but for the most part they always let us do what we want and you know even on on congregation we made a little bit of a heavier album this and that uh, but they were always cool to us they always treated us right and and uh pushed our band that's really all you can ask for
0: yeah no that's great because often that's kind of the opposite where you know there's all this hype and then you you know you either don't sell as much as they'd hoped or whatever the reason then you kind of get shelved or whatever and then you're kind of left right
1: I mean on, on congregation there was a little bit of that because in a band of, of our in our world for lead sales to sell during the cycle it was at like high three hundreds. Yeah. Um to eventually go gold. That was our biggest selling record in the time period. Like n- none of our records sold, you know, three fifty almost four hundred thousand copies right. in a year and year and a half record cycle before. Um so for us it was like, yeah, but to major label numbers, that's definitely like Oh, that's okay. You know, yeah. Like so, so the second record, there definitely was a little bit of expectation and like kind of like tiptoeing. But at the same time, you look back at the numbers now. It's it's all in retrospect. In the moment, it, to us, it was like congregation didn't do as good as lead sales. But you look back now, and like most bands in our genre would fucking murder somebody for those numbers for the yeah. for the bad numbers that we thought were bad. You know what right, I mean? It's like, yeah. So um, I think it's all just on perspective.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah the next one is Anger Left Behind from the album In Our Wake, which was released on October twelfth, twenty eighteen, through Spine Farm Records. <laughs> Again, produced by John Feldman. Uh, with this album, the band was coming off of a hiatus. And so, what had kind of gotten you guys excited to write again and record? I kind of love to hear kind of what was going on and what brought you guys back together.
1: I think kind of uh, what made In Our Wake a special album was we came back from hiatus and put out a, a record called Long Live first. And it oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sort, sort of under the radar a little bit. Like, we came back, we did, you know, a handful of shows. Our touring was really minimal. Um, and the performance on that album was surprisingly well due to the fact that like everything was kind of under the radar and we did zero radio. The label like tried to push a song called Do You Know Who You Are to Radio, and it was still like heavy and screamy and did not belong really. Um, but like we were kind of like a little bit in our teenage feelings at that moment, mm. where it was like we don't care about that shit. We want to come out just blistering and heavy and fucking go nuts. And it was all that kind of pent-up aggression. And you could hear that on the record of not making our music together for a handful of years. Yeah. Where on that cycle we really started to say, like I kind of touched on before, is that looking at what our fans loved and what our fans really wanted from us and what they paid the most attention to was lead sales. And it really made us look back on that era and be like, damn, like we really had something special. Like when we we allow ourselves to We almost put on those walls of like, oh, we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that because we want to make a heavy record and blah, blah, blah. So like we almost put those limitations that we never have on, on. And the next album was like, let's just go fucking balls out. We're actually going to tour. We're actually going to expose this album. We're actually going to do all the things we didn't do. And it just got us fired up to do so. So going in with John again too, like he's, he's like the gatekeeper of like, he he's great at unlocking Those closures you may have, Mm. or those preconceived notions of what you're supposed to be doing, and just really allows you to, and encourages you to do what you're doing, regardless of what that is. Yeah, you know,
0: uh, yeah, it's great to have that outside person that's that's able to do that because I know lots of times there's kind of all this inner, you know, whether it's tension or like thinking you have to do things one way or the other, and to have someone else to say like you don't have to do that or just see where it goes, kind of thing
1: exactly
0: yeah so with the song anger left behind i love the contrast between melody and heavy in this song it's got like a really cool kind of catchy guitar intro and then it goes right into this gritty heavier verse and then kind of brings back uh, that melody with the chorus and i just love that contrast with this song and the lyrics also seem like they have a, a really cool story on this song and so i'd love to kind of hear why this why this song stands out to you and kind of how it came to be
1: I just love the song sonically. Like the the music is so cool to me. And even the vocal too is so interesting. Um, we had never really done much with kind of that kind of like dotted eighth delay kind of U2-y guitar vibe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I love playing with that in the intro, especially. And then the verses, we, we kind of wanted to go just super hard left with it and do something interesting. It was very Deftones influence, you know, with the vocal being really like, kind of tight and tender and soft into this blistering thing and um you know so we kind of went there for the verses and then the chorus to me is just massive we did these big harmonies on the chorus yeah and uh it just all together is just such a cool cool song vibe wise the lyrics are just kind of like very relatable where it's just like what do you want to be remembered for really like yeah like like, am i just like you speaking from a an angry person i'm not an angry person but speaking from someone who is just an overly angry person like do you want to, Is that all you're going to be hmm. like when you're go- when you're gone are you just going to be remembered as the fucking the angry dude yeah that's why it's like you know am i just the anger left behind um so uh it just came out cool i mean it's it's been one of my favorites from that album um still to this day
0: yeah and i think it just instills that you know, Atreyu does the, the heavy and the melodic and, you know, so well. And I just love every time I hear a song from you guys where it's just like, okay, like this, you know, not, not, um, you know, it's not like it's like, oh, okay, just another you song. It's like this is, I think, why people keep coming back because they're kind of expecting that, right? And, and you have such yeah. a unique, uh, clean vocal and it just adds so much to the song.
1: Thank you. I, I think that we definitely, we're all proud of the fact that, we um, kind of can't be put in a box. This song is actually a great example of that, where it's like, I think that people don't, we try to take songs in di- directions that people might not expect. And, you know, we've always kind of presented that with like a really heavy part with paired with a pop chorus or, yeah. you know, like the guitar solos and songs that might not, not traditionally have guitar solos. So we definitely have always prided ourselves and are really proud of the fact that like, you know, we, you can't really put us in one... Category, which I think this is a good example of of that, like you said.
0: Yeah, right on. Yeah, well, the last one here is the song Underrated, which is from your new album, Baptized.
3: Of fallen leaves, or we just graves collecting dust. We struck the match, this fire's ablaze. Now just sit back and watch it. burning the agony, today would be tragedy Put my head in the fire, I'm and higher, I'm so burning the agony
0: You know, and there's some big changes on on this album, you know, including a, a lineup change and role change for yourself. What yeah. can you kind of share, you know, about how this album came together and, you know, adjusting to to your new role? I'd love to kind of hear how you're feeling about all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, for people that don't know, we had some shifts in the band where part of ways with our previous singer. I'm um, Now, instead of playing drums, I'm up front as the front man. Um, our bass player is taking over majority of the kind of heavier vocals and we have a new drummer named kyle rosa in the mix who's a phenomenal drummer along one of my best friends um he also played drums in my other band heller water yeah um so this this album came together in a really great way we started it in january and then obviously finished it um after the shift this shift happened um so we kind of had to go in and reevaluate a lot of the music a lot of the lyrics vocals um and kind of like redo a lot of things and this was the this is the first song that underrated was the first song we wrote just the four of us. Oh, cool. Um, And it was the first moment in the studio where it was kind of unspoken, where as the song was coming together, we were listening to it happen and like lay down vocals and we were writing the lyrics and everything was just kind of happening really smoothly in like a positive way that we had that kind of like aha moment where we like all looked at each other and took that big breath. And we're like, this is going to work. Like, Mm. this is not just, it's not like, fuck, how are we going to figure this out? It was like, this is working really, really well. Um, So that song's just important to me. And uh, I think speaks volumes for the position that our band has always been in. We've always been a bit of an underdog, regardless of of how big we've been at the time or where we're at, as far as like popularity, we've always been that band that's really had to prove ourselves over and over and over again. And like, no one's ever kind of handed us the golden ticket and like front of the line pass, you know, we've really had to... uh, to fight for everything we've ever accomplished. And this is just kind of a song about that. I think now more than ever, like we we know that we're going to have to do this yet again. It's just in our makeup to have to do that. But with a lineup change and things like that, it's like, we're going to do it again. And it's kind of a special song for us because we wanted something that really could kind of punch people in the mouth uh, that might've been thinking one way or the other where the band was going to go. Yeah. And, and uh, it's one of those moments that it came out like exactly... Like we wanted
0: it to. Yeah, that's awesome. How are, so? You know, you moving to the front man. Like I know you. I think you filled in on vocals like a number of years ago, right? For a show or a tour. Where Alex had was getting surgery or something, and yeah. uh, so now you're now you're back in the front. Like, did you ever think this would happen? And now that it's here, and especially with not knowing when shows are going to happen, like, are you feeling kind of anxious just about not knowing when you'll get to to do that in front of people again?
1: Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's got to <laughs> I mean, be we- such a weird thing. Yeah, definitely anxious. We got, like I said, we got to do those couple of live stream events, and yeah, that was really cool to just um kind of present what we are now and have people see it and respond, you know what I mean? Obviously not like live, but we're we're so excited and just like, like you said, a bit anxious to just get out there and play because really for us, like our band is never, I don't think our band's ever been you know, functioning at the caliber that we are right now internally and mm. just, uh, just how it sounds and how we feel and they the confidence. And uh, that's something you definitely want to like show people, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like getting a fucking, I just got a brand new car, but I can't show any of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no one's, no one could be like, man, that's a great car. That's a dumb analogy, but you know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, yeah. you yeah. want to, this is our life. This is our, our passion and like what we love. So it's like, we just want to, show it to the world you know and and we're getting closer we're getting a lot closer which is nice
0: yeah yeah what are you hoping fans will take away from this album if someone's to sit down listen from start to finish what are you kind of hoping that they'll they'll take away from the songs that you guys have created
1: um i think that for existing atreyu fans that are curious of what's going to be happening i think that they're going to listen front to back and realize that um atreyu is not only still very much intact and the you they know and love is not still intact but i think that's better than ever um i think that some of these songs are are gonna be favorites of ours for a long time like i said we've been sitting on this record it's been done since the summer
0: yeah and wow
1: we've been listening to it ourselves with the worry that like man by the time this happens and we can actually play these songs we'll be fucking sick of them and we're all excited about it still so that's <laughs> that says something uh but i think that they're gonna there's a there's a lot of what people uh you know know of this band on this album but there's like always there's some some freaking hard lefts and some weird new things that we've done and Mm, um, some things some things we've never accomplished before so we're, we're i can't wait for people to hear
0: yeah me too yeah so underrated is is my favorite song from from the ones you've released so far it's got a really cool heavy riff on it super catchy chorus that's constantly stuck in my head and a really nasty breakdown during the bridge I, you know it's kind of before I, I think it's kind of when i listen to it i'm just like hey this is this is a tree you and and i mean i i love all your stuff and then you know like you said different lefts and rights but i love one like something like this where it's like okay like this gets me pumped up and so would you say this is your your favorite song on the album or just out of the the three that you've released so far
1: out of the three we released so far definitely it's probably in my top three on that- the record um, but it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely up there for sure.
0: Yeah. So as, so back to your role as the singer and with the drums, how hard is it like having someone behind you playing the drums? Like, does that throw you off at all? Or is it like, oh yeah, that's, you know, do you find yourself kind oh, of <laughs> being like distracted by it? Or it's like, oh, that's not what I would have played, but.
1: <laughs> uh, I feel like the one thing I had to do, uh, for me at least, I mean, we all needed a drummer that we were all going to think was great. Luckily, we had experience playing with Kyle on drums. That same reference you were talking about in 2019, um, because he's who filled in for me when we went out to Europe uh, with uh, this current lineup, really. Um, But much like he was in my other band, I had to have a drummer that I didn't have to worry about.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Because I I don't want to be worried about what someone's doing or if they're doing it right um kyle is such a fucking powerhouse which people will see more and more as he's a, kind of you know exposed with the band and plays with us more but um he's so good the dude i say this and every time i'm asked about it but the dude is better than me at drums mm. and i'm fine i'm fine with saying it like he rips and he has a style of his own that brings a lot to the feel of You also and um it's a it's it's you know i don't think people i don't think anyone's gonna be like fuck this guy it's not the same like he's he's got a killer vibe on stage yeah fucking sounds great so it's i don't even have to worry about it and that's that was kind of a prerequisite for me it's like i can't not play drums and have someone that i'm just gonna be thinking about all the time yeah yeah
0: yeah awesome Well, Brandon, that, that brings us to uh, the end of um, our time here. Five songs. It's, it's an honor and privilege to get to spend time with you. I'm excited for the album and for uh, what the future has in store for you. So, thanks so much for, for taking the time to, to spend with us today. I really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, and I appreciate that.